Well, good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on this 12th Sunday after Pentecost as God gathers us together to receive his gifts and word and sacrament. Before we begin our worship, I'll draw your attention first to a couple of announcements in the bulletin. First, a reminder that next Sunday night will be our church game night in the fellowship hall. So, of course, you are always welcome to join us, bring a game and a snack, and come hang out with us. Uh, secondly, remember that newsletter articles are due today. So if you have anything for the newsletter, let us know so that we can get it in this week. Uh, also, want to bring two prayer requests to your attention. First, ask you to continue to pray for Barb Paxson. Uh, Barb suffered a stroke early Friday morning and is now recovering. So please keep her in your prayers as she recovers. Also, please keep Steve Mackey in your prayers, who received a prostate cancer diagnosis this week and has treatment coming up. So please pray for Steve as, as he goes through that and that he would be cured of that cancer and healed and, and restored to complete health. Are there any other announcements or prayer requests that you have for the congregation? Several yeah. people have asked me how Barb's doing, and I'll yeah. just update you this morning. They uh, got her to a regular room last night about uh, 10 o'clock, I guess it was. It affected her right side. She, uh, Her speech has come back pretty well. She's still drawing a little bit on her mouth, and uh, she now can move her arm up and down, but her hand doesn't work. Uh, they're trying to get medication straightened around for AFib and also trying to get blood thinners. And MRI tomorrow will show where the damage was at. So that's a little update. She's up tomorrow. Yeah. And thanks for prayers, by the way. Yeah. Any other prayer requests or announcements that you have? Oh, yeah, Mary. When you receive your newsletter next week, you'll know about this, but. I just kind of want to give a heads up on September 23rd, that's the Saturday of the Lafayette garage sales. We're going to do another community service day that day. So this time we're looking for, um, well, we're going to have a free lunch for the community, so we'll need kitchen workers and help. We're going to do a, a clothing drive. So any, go through your closets and be working on that. Um, these clothes will be offered to the community free. I mean, we're not going to charge. We'll just have how many ever tables it takes of clothing. And then we want to have a table or two of canned goods, non-perishables, sort of like we do at Harvest Home. But just anything, especially they need um, well, anything. That, and that also will be given free of charge. So that's, I just... Didn't want to, I wanted to let you know ahead of time so that you could be, maybe you could go to the store, you could pick up a few extra things, or you could start looking through your clothes, especially kids' clothes. Would be good. Thank you. Yeah, that's September 23rd, Saturday. All right. If there are no other announcements, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude.
invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, and have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Glory to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. God of all peoples, your arms reach out to embrace all those who call upon you. Teach us as disciples of your Son to love the world with compassion and constancy, that your name may be known throughout the earth. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, Maintain justice and do what is, is, what is right. For soon my salvation will come and my deliverance be revealed. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath and do not profane it and hold fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Thus says the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. The word of the Lord. Our psalm today is Psalm 67, which we will read responsively. May God be merciful to us and bless us. May the light of God's face shine upon us. Let your way be known upon earth, 
Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has brought forth its increase. God, our God, has May God give his blessing, and may all the ends of the earth stand in awe. A reading from Romans. Paul writes, I ask then, has God rejected his people? By no means. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Just as you were once disobedient to God, but now have received mercy because of their disobedience, so they have now been disobedient in order that, by the mercy shown to you, they too may now receive mercy. For God has imprisoned all in disobedience so that he may be merciful to all. The word of the Lord. Gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in Romans 11, we've been working through Romans this summer. In Romans 11, the Apostle Paul is finishing his answer to the question that he began in Romans 9. And that question was, has the word of God failed if not all Jewish people are saved? Paul will go on to answer that no, the word has not failed. And he tells us that people are saved by not having the law, but because they have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He explains that this faith comes when the gospel promises are preached to us and our, heart, and our hearts through the Holy Spirit hold on to them. So in our reading from this morning, Paul's going to emphasize this point again. God has not rejected Israel. In fact, Paul points himself as the proof of it. Paul was a Jew who was saved by faith when Christ came to him. If God had given up on Israel, then Paul himself would not have been saved. 
And so Paul says the word of God is always there for the Jewish people, calling them to repentance and calling them to trust in the promises found in Jesus Christ. But here Paul wants us to see specifically that both Jew and Gentile are captive to sin and they cannot free themselves. In other words, all of us, no matter who we are, what our ancestry is, what our circumstances are, all of us are in trouble. Verse 32 says, For God has imprisoned all in disobedience, so that he may be merciful to all. Literally, the Greek here reads, God has shut in all people in disobedience. When God's law is preached, all are equally condemned. God's law is an equal opportunity accuser. Because there's no one who can hold up the Ten Commandments, for instance, and say, yes, I live this out perfectly. All of us are sinners. We do not fear, love, and trust God above all else. In fact, we all have our idols. We all have our false gods. We all have our superstitions. We all put our trust in ourselves or in things of this world when we should put our trust in God alone. And none of us live moment by moment loving our neighbors as ourselves. We all daily make decisions that benefit ourselves. We all have selfish ambitions and desires. We all have been unjustly angry and dismissive of others. It's a universal problem, and we all know it. And what Paul says here in Romans, however, that we really want to pay attention to is that God imprisons everyone in this disobedience. Typically, we only want to see God in one way. Typically, we only want to see God as the gentle shepherd who carries the little lamb on his shoulder. Much of the time, we only want to approach God's word in a way that will make us feel better about ourselves, that will lift us up positively. And people do this in all sorts of ways. In Paul's context, when he was writing the letter to the Romans, there were Jewish people who put their faith in the fact that they were Jews, that they had the law. And that's how they approached scriptures. Because they followed a particular ritual or ritual tradition, that they were okay. And so there was a feeling that God won't condemn me as a Jew because, well, Abraham is my ancestor because I have the law. But this is a misplacement of hope and a downplaying of what God does in his word. <clears throat> as Paul says, when you look at the law, it's not going to save you. It's only going to condemn you because it's going to point out all the ways you are a sinner, all the ways you don't measure up. And so in our own day, people have their own kinds of rationalizations that they bring to God's word. We will try to rationalize God's word to dismiss it. Right? Things like God doesn't care who I have sex with. The Bible is just full of ancient cultural baggage that doesn't apply to me. God doesn't care how I use my time or money. God doesn't care what I say about my neighbor. I doubt God really cares what I say about people of other races. God doesn't care that I gossip just a little bit, and so on. So whatever the sin might be, we're always tempted to rationalize it in an effort to get away from God's actual demands of us. But that's the truth we all need to hear. God's law condemns each of us. We all have fallen short. And God doesn't want us to try to make excuses for it. Instead, God wants us to look at his law and see just precisely how we are sinners. God shuts us in with his law. 
and we are shut in this prison of sin with no hope of saving ourselves, no matter who we are. And so we have to take sin seriously because God takes your sin seriously. God is righteous and holy. He is good and he doesn't laugh off sin. Instead, he condemns it. And he wants you to know that you're not going to be able to get yourself out of your sins. It's no light thing. Sin is no thing to ignore. It's so serious that it leads to death. It consumes us. It leads only to our demise. It's so serious for us that there's only one answer to it. That is trusting in Jesus Christ. Jumping to grace, jumping to forgiveness, without first confessing and acknowledging our faith, without first and acknowledging our sin and our helplessness, is a kind of cheap grace. It's a grace not based on God's goodness, but on our, our desire to kind of keep God at a distance. But what Paul says here is that God has shut in all by the law so that he can freely justify all of us by his mercy. And this is Paul's point. The gospel only becomes for us good news if we understand what it means for us to be sinners. Jesus' death on the cross for us is only good news if we trust that he died to take our sins from us. The preaching of the promise of the forgiveness of sins is only good news if we see the gravity of our sins. And so God wants his law preached. He wants sinners to know their sin. Because when the law is preached, the Holy Spirit shows you your sin. And so you can return over and over to Christ's sacrifice for you as a sinner. In Romans 11, this means stop putting your trust in anything but Christ. You must not try to rationalize your sin. Instead, you must confess it and receive God's mercy. Because that's the good news. God does save. God does forgive. He forgives over and over endlessly. Our gospel reading this morning is a great example of what Paul is getting at in Romans 11. Jesus actually condemns the Canaanite woman by treating her in the way that the law says she should be treated. She's a Gentile, she's unclean, she's ritually unclean. And so Jesus at first ignores her. He says nothing to her at all. He, in fact, later he will call her a dog. And Jesus is putting her under the condemnation of the law. He holds up the law to her and says, this is who you are. You are a dog. You're a sinner. You're worthy of condemnation. And that's always the hardest word to hear. But that's God's word to sinners. Sinners are those who rightly and justly should be cast out of God's presence. Sinners are the ones deserving of God's wrath. Sinners can rightly be sent to hell. And just as it was true for the Canaanite woman, so it's true for you and me. We are sinners who deserve God's condemnation. But in the story, notice what happens. Jesus speaks these hard words of the law to her. But the Holy Spirit then uses this word of law to bring out her faith. The woman doesn't deny it. She confesses that she is, in fact, a dog. She's only fit to be under the master's table. She doesn't rationalize anything. She doesn't say, well, I can't help it. She doesn't say, I'm a victim of an oppressive patriarchal society. She doesn't say, I'm not that bad. I'm a good mother who really loves her family. All of that was true, but that's not what she puts her trust in. 
Instead, she kneels down in front of Christ and confesses that she is, in fact, a dog. And it's not a game of false humility. It's not trying to manipulate Jesus. This woman knows how unworthy she is of God's mercy. And so when the Holy Spirit shows her this, she's ready to hold on to nothing but Christ. This is what the Holy Spirit does when the word is preached to us. The Holy Spirit will show us our need for a savior. And then he teaches our hearts to hold on to the promise that our mercy is found in Christ alone. This is the picture St. Paul would have us hold on to in Romans chapter 11. Don't put your confidence in anything except the mercy of Christ. Don't try to justify yourself in God's presence. Don't say to God, I was raised in church. Don't say my parents are good people. Don't say to God, it's not my fault. I'm really a good person at heart. Don't try to excuse your sin. Don't try to rationalize it. Because when you do, you inevitably begin to put your confidence in something other than God's mercy. You begin to put your confidence in yourself, your own abilities, your own circumstances. And all of those things ultimately will be your demise. Instead, confess to God that without his mercy, you are in fact a sinner who should be condemned. Make that confession, but then all the more trust in his word of forgiveness. Yes, God's word condemns us in its demands. But thanks be to God, Jesus Christ has come to save us. The law is not the last word to us. The word of condemnation is not the last word to us. Instead, the final word to us is the word of the cross. That is the power of the gospel for us. Those who trust in Christ will not be condemned. Jesus has come to take the law's demands for us. He has come to bear our sins. And Christ has taken the wrath of God on our behalf. Indeed, in Christ alone is where our hope is found. And you, dear Christian, you have received God's mercy through Jesus Christ, your Lord. Not of your own doing, not of your own worthiness, not of your own merit, not of any excuse you've made or rationalization you've made in front of God. You've received God's mercy precisely because of Jesus Christ. So you who were once under the law, you were once shut in your disobedience. You're now set free in Jesus Christ. And so go to that promise. Hold on to that promise. In Jesus Christ, you are saved. Amen.
together, let us stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, the eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, the God not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit, Pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord, bless this congregation and church. Grant that it may be a congregation faithful to your word, and grant that this church may always be a house of true prayer to you. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, grant that the church may steadfastly proclaim your gifts that the disobedient may receive mercy through this proclamation, and that those who hear would be made one with Jesus Christ. Preserve and protect all faithful pastors, missionaries, teachers, and church workers. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, bless all honest work and occupations, and grant that we may use well the fruits of our labors. Make us generous for the sake of our neighbors in need, and help us to remember that we are stewards of all you provide from your merciful hand. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, grant that the government and those who protect us might keep justice and do righteousness for your namesake and according to your will. Especially give discernment, wisdom, strength, and health to Joseph, our president, the Congress, our governor, Richard Michael, the legislature of this state, and all judges and magistrates. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, care for those who cry to you, whether beset with grief, sorrow, pain, or trouble, especially Jim, Matt, Charlie, Jane, Lynn, Eileen, Nancy, Nancy, Jamie, Martha, Rose, John, Brandy, Marilyn, Virgil, Tony, Carolyn, Amanda, Barbara, and Steve. Be pleased for Christ's sake to answer them according to your gracious will. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, bless all who are about to receive Christ's body and blood from this altar. Grant that these crumbs from your table may strengthen us in faith and love, united with you and our neighbors. Lord, in your mercy. All of these things and whatever else you know that we need, 
Grant to us, dear Father, for the sake of him who died and rose again and now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care, and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. 
And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, mighty, and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. But taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation, I invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen.
Lord. Thanks be to God.